Hi, everybody. This is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio, episode 50. Today, I want to take you to an astoundingly detailed prophecy about the end times and what they're going to be like. So, bear with me as I read the 11th chapter of the book of Daniel. This is uh, the uh, guardian angel Michael who stands up in support of Israel and who is defending and guarding Daniel. In the first year of Darius the Mede, I arose to be an encouragement and a protection for him. This is the angel speaking, keep in mind. And now I will tell you the truth. Behold, three more kings are going to arise in Persia. That's present day Iran. Then a fourth will gain far more riches than all of them. As soon as he becomes strong through his riches, he will arouse the whole empire against the realm of Greece. And a mighty king will arise... And he will rule with great authority and do as he pleases. But as soon as, his, uh, as soon as he has arisen, his kingdom will be broken up and parceled out toward the four points of the compass, though not to his own descendants, nor according to his authority, which he wielded. For his sovereignty will be uprooted and given to others besides them. Then... The king of the south will grow strong. Who, pray tell, is that? Well, maybe we'll talk about that. Along with one of his princes who will gain ascendancy over him and obtain dominion. His dominion will be a great dominion indeed. After some years, they will form an alliance, and the daughter of the king of the south will come to the king of the north to carry out a peaceful agreement. But she will not retain her position of power, nor will he remain in with his power, but she will be given up along with those who brought her in and the one who sired her as well as he who supported her in those times. But one of the descendants of her line will arise in his place and will come against their army and enter the fortress of the king of the north, and he will deal with them and display great strength. Also their gods, little g, with their metal images and their precious vessels of silver and gold, he will take into captivity to Egypt, and he, on his part, will refrain from attacking the king of the north for some years, then the latter will enter the realm of the king of the south, but will return to his own land. His sons will mobilize and assemble a great multitude, no, a multitude of great forces, and one of them will keep on coming and overflow and pass through that he may again wage war up to his very fortress. The king of the south will be enraged and go forth and fight with the king of the north. Then the latter will 
will raise a great multitude, but that multitude will be given into the hand of the former. Wow. Then the multitude is carried away, or when the, the multitude is carried away, his heart will be lifted up, and he will cause tens of thousands to fall. Yet he will not prevail, for the king of the north will arise, or will raise a greater multitude than the former, and after an interval of some years, he will press on with a great army and much equipment. Daniel eleven fourteen and on. Now in those times, many will rise up against the king of the south, the violent ones among your people, that would be Israelis or Jews, will also lift themselves up in order to fulfill the vision, but they will fall down. Verse 15, The king of the north will come, cast up a siege ramp, and capture a well-fortified city. And the forces of the south will not stand their ground, not even with their choicest troops. For there will be no strength to make a stand. But he who comes against him will do as he pleases, and no one will be able to withstand him. He will also stay for a time in the beautiful land. That would be Israel. Israel. With destruction in his hand. He will set his face to come with the power of his whole kingdom, bringing with him a proposal of peace, which he will put into effect. He will also give him the daughter of women to ruin it, but she will not take a stand for him or be on his side. Then he will turn his face to the coastlands and capture many, but a commander will put a stop to his scorn against him. Moreover, he will repay him for his scorn. So he will turn his face toward the fortresses of his own land, but he will stumble and fall and be found no more. Then his place, in his place, one will arise who will send an oppressor through the jewel of his kingdom. Yet within a few days he will be shattered, though not in anger or in battle. In his place a despicable person will arise, on whom the honor of kingship has not been conferred, but he will come in a time of tranquility and seize the kingdom by intrigue. The overflowing forces will be flooded away before him and shattered, and also the prince of the covenant. After an alliance is made with him, he will excuse me, he will practice deception, and he will go up and gain power with a small force of people. In a time of tranquility, he will enter the richest parts of the realm, and he will accomplish what his fathers never did, nor his ancestors. He will distribute plunder, booty, and possessions among them, and he will devise his schemes against strongholds, but only for a time. He will stir up his strength and courage against the king of the south with a large army. 
So the king of the south will mobilize an extremely large and mighty army for war, but he will not stand, for schemes will be devised against him. Those who eat his choice food will destroy him, and his army will overflow. But many will fall down slain. As for both kings, their hearts will be intent on evil, and they will speak lies to each other at the same table. But it will not succeed. It sounds very familiar. For the end is still to come at the appointed time. We keep hoping it'll be in our lifetime, but maybe, maybe not. Then he will return to his land with much plunder, but his heart will be set against the holy covenant, and he will take action and then return to his own land. At the appointed time he will return and come into the south, but this last time it will not turn out the way it did before. Verse 30, Daniel 11. For ships of Kittim will come against him, Therefore, he will be disheartened and will return and become enraged at the Holy Covenant and take action. So he will come back and show regard for those who forsake the Holy Covenant. Forces from him will arise, desecrate the sanctuary fortress, and do away with the regular sacrifice. And they will set up an abomination of desolation. By smooth words he will turn to godlessness those who act wickedly toward the covenant, but the people who know their God will display strength and take action. Those who have insight among the people will give understanding to many, yet they will fall by the sword and by flame and by captivity and by plunder for many days. Now when they fall, they will be granted a little help, and many will join with them in hypocrisy. Some of those who have insight will fall in order to refine, purge, and make them pure until the end time, because it is still to come at the appointed time. There's that phrase again. Verse 36. Then the king will do as he pleases, and he will exalt and magnify himself above every god, little g, and will speak monstrous things against the god of gods. This is large g God, the real true God. And he will prosper until the indignation is finished, for that which is decreed will be done. Verse 37. He will show no regard for the gods of his fathers, little g, or for the desire of women. What is the desire of women? Security? Hmm. Nor will he show regard for any other god, small g. For he will magnify himself above them all. But instead, he will honor a god of fortresses, a god whom his fathers did not know. He will honor him with gold and silver and costly stones and treasures, like maybe oil and gas. He will take action 
against the strongest fortresses with the help of a foreign god. Hmm. He will give great honor to those who acknowledge him, and will cause them to rule over many, and will parcel out、uh, land for a price. Verse forty. At the time of the end, the king of the south will collide with him, and the king of the north will storm against him with chariots and horsemen and many ships. And he will enter countries and overflow them, and pass through. He will also enter the beautiful land, and many countries will fall down. But these will be rescued out of his hand: Edom and Moab, and the foremost of the sons of Ammon. That would be Jordan. Then he will, excuse me, he will stretch out his hand against other countries, and the land of Egypt will not escape. But he will gain control over the hidden treasures of gold and silver, and over all the precious things of Egypt. And the Libyans and Ethiopians will follow at his heels, but rumors from the east and from the north will disturb him, and he will go forth with great wrath to destroy and annihilate many. He will pitch the tents of his royal pavilion between the seas and the beautiful holy mountain, and he will yet come to his end, and no one will help him. Unquote, and that's the end of the chapter. You know, today we see lines drawn that kind of indicate it's going to be between the United States or the West and the East or Russia and China. But I tend to think that that line is going to be redrawn instead of splitting North and South and Uh, having two factions, one on your left hand and one on your right. No, it'll be one above and one below. It is my personal belief that Egypt and Libya and the northern tier of Africa, those states there that are on the southern end of or southern side of the Mediterranean. Are going to be headed up by the king of the south. That would make sense since it's south of the Mediterranean Sea. The king of the north will be headed up by, I believe, a Turk. Because they are going to try to build a caliphate there in the Muslim religion and rule all of Europe. How are they going to do that? Well, they're going to work their way in and then overpopulate the existing populations. That's how they do it, and how they could do it without firing a shot. It's kind of like this: if you have more than one wife, and each one of those has eight kids, which they are now outpopulating the Anglo-Saxon、uh, whites in Northern Europe. In in all of Europe,、uh, to the tune of eight to one, it would it would not take until 2050 to outpopulate and overrun all of the people of Europe.
Well, folks, let's face it, that's just less than 33 years away. That's not that long. And we always thought it would be between the U.S. and Russia or uh, the United States of Europe and Russia or something like that. But no, I believe it's going to be between the Shiites in the north and the Sunnis in the south. The Sunnis will be headed up by a Saudi Arabian king, I believe. I don't know that for sure. That's my uh, guess based on the scriptures. And the northern tier would be headed up by somebody in Turkey. That's just my opinion based on what I see in all the prophecies in the Bible. But again, nothing builds faith like prophecy. You can watch God's word unfold and the prophecies be fulfilled in the daily news. It's a simple thing to look at an example like the 17th chapter in verse 1 of Isaiah, where it talks about the end of Damascus, Syria. What's it like there? What's it like in Syria? What's it like in the West Bank? What is the West Bank? Just the shoreline of the um, Sea of Galilee or something? Now, I don't think a lot, of, a lot of Americans realize how large an area it is. It has something like 400,000 people living in this uh, region. It is a region. And it is the west side of the Jordan River, not the east side of the Jordan River. So it's kind of um, a mixture. It's kind of like a potpourri of different factions. And the Oslo Accords, if you can remember those between Yasser Arafat, Bill Clinton, and... Uh, Juan Perez, I think was his name, or something like that. But anyway, um, they had three different areas, Section A, Section B, and Section C. And uh, some of them were all Israelis. Some of them were a mixture of um, Palestinians and Israelis. And some were just strictly Palestinians, I believe, something like that. And um, today, if you drive there, there are some areas that are beautiful and peaceful, quiet and calm. And it's just so close to Jerusalem, they could drive down the paved roads, which are also beautiful and well-paved, well-maintained and guarded and everything. And it's no problem. They can drive back and forth without a problem. And they can get building permits from the Israeli government. And the Israeli government gives lip service to the idea that um, they, they've got to show to the international community that they're doing something about it. You know, they, they knock down somebody's house that they say is a, an illegal settlement or an illegal housing uh, unit because they built it without a permit. Well, that may be more for show than anything else, seems to me. 
But, you know, nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. I still support Israel. Why? Because that's where we got our Bible. The Jews preserved our Bible. God said he would bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. Well, I don't want to be cursed. I want to be blessed. And I want to promote Israel. I would love to go there. I've never had the opportunity, but I'd like to before before the end of my life. I'd like to go. It's in my bucket list of things to do. God willing, I'll make it. And if I do, I'll report to you what I have uh, found over there. Some of my friends went over there. One of them is there right now. A couple of them, actually. So I hope to get the opportunity, excuse me, the opportunity to go over there. Particular interest uh, to me is the farming. What's going on? How are they growing this stuff? You know, when uh, Samuel Clemens or Mark Twain went over there, and this was back in the 50s when my grandfather was over there, he said, there's nothing anybody would want here. It's nothing but rocks. There's nothing but rocks. But now the Jews, the Israelite uh, peoples, have built the place into a beautiful area full of green full of trees that are productive. In fact, that's where all of Europe gets their wintertime vegetables, right out of Israel. Little tiny Israel, about one-third the size of Florida, about the size of New Jersey. It's not much space, but those people are industrious. They're hardworking. They're creative. They're inventive people. They're geniuses. That's where we got our cell phones. They originated in Israel. That technology was developed by Israelis. Do you know that the Israelites hold more patents than any other people group in the world? Wow. Well, God has truly gifted them, and we need to respect that and honor that and try to protect them and be their friend and their ally. So I urge each one of us to do that. Be an ally. Be an asset, a friend to Israel. Well, I suggest that we all spend more time studying chapter 11 and 12 of the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel is very interesting, truly. But the 11th and 12th chapters, the 11th one details what's going to happen to uh, the world and how it's going to happen in Israel, in that area. So I want to go on with uh, chapter 12 and show you, by contrast, what's going to happen after it says, starting in verse 1, Now at, the time of Mike, uh, at that time the prince, the great prince Michael, who stands guard over the sons of your people, will arise, and there will be a time of distress, such as never has occurred since the 
there was a nation until that time, and at that time your people, every one who's found written in the book, will be rescued. Wow! So all of Israel will be rescued. Every one who is found written in the book. Maybe that's you and me too. I don't know. Verse two: Many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake. This is the resurrection, the first resurrection. These to everlasting life, but others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. I.e., the second death. Those who have insight will shine brightly, like the brightness of the expanse of heaven. And those who lead many to righteousness, like the stars, for ever and ever. But as for you, Daniel, conceal these words and seal up the book until the time of the end. You get that? Until now. Now we can understand this. We can begin to see that who the players are. Many will go back and forth and increase in knowledge. Well, that's a sign of the end times. Do we not drive cars instead of? Ride behind a donkey in a, in a cart, yes. Then I, Daniel, verse five, looked up and I saw two others standing, one on this bank of the river. <laughs> What river? Jordan, maybe. Makes sense to me. And the other on the other side of the river, <laughs> east and west bank. And one said to the man dressed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, "How long will it be till the end of these wonders?" I heard the man dressed in linen, who was over and above the waters of the river, as he raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and swore by him who lives for ever that it would be for a time. Times and half a time, possibly three and a half years. And as soon as they finish shattering the power of the holy people, all these events will be completed. As for me, I heard, but I could not understand any of this. So I said, "My Lord, what will the outcome of these events be?" He said. Go your way, Daniel, for these words are concealed and sealed up until the end of time, or the end time. Wow, many will be purged and purified and refined, but the wicked will act wickedly, and none of the wicked will understand. But those who have insight will; they will understand. From the time that the regular sacrifice is abolished. And the abomination of desolation is set up. There will be one thousand two hundred and ninety days. How blessed is he who keeps waiting and attains to the thirteen hundred and thirty-five days? But as for you, go your way to the end, and you will enter into rest and rise again for your allotted portion at the end of the age. And that closes the book of Daniel. So the saints, the believers, those who are written in the Lamb's book of life, will rise to、uh, receive their inherited 
positions in his kingdom. It's a literal, on-the-ground kingdom, a real government, a government of love with Jesus Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords. He will direct our steps. In that day, every one shall know him from the least to the greatest. Everybody on the planet will know God. Can you imagine that? No more world religions. All the gods that did not create the heavens and the earth will perish from off the earth and under these heavens. Jeremiah 10:11, I believe. I'd like to read that to you in the Moffat translation. M-O-F-F-A-T-T, I believe is how that's spelled. Verse 10, and this is Jeremiah 10, 10, 10. But the eternal is the real God, a living God, an everlasting king. Earth trembles when he rages. No nation can endure his wrath. Tell them this, the gods, little g, who never made heaven and earth, shall vanish off the earth and from under heaven, who by his power made the earth, who by his wisdom founded the world, and by his knowledge spread out the heavens. When he thunders, the heavens are in tumult. And you can read the rest of this. But I can see by the clock on the wall, it is time to go. I hope you have a great day. And if you would like more information, go to my website, jesusiswhy at gmail, or I'm sorry, jesusiswhy.com. You can email me at jesusiswhy at gmail.com. So until next time, this is Albert Hardy. Remember, there's nothing on my website for sale, so you don't have any worries there of getting a sales pitch. It's not going to happen. But I care about you because you care about prophecy. And remember, nothing builds faith like prophecy.